Welcome to Vaults of the Obscure. By which, yes. I'm Alicia Herter. I'm Tara. Oh my gosh. Girl. Oh no. Guess what? Chicken butt what? Today we are going to talk about Sylvia Brown. The long-awaited. This one's for Momo. This one's for Momo. So it was asked in one of our questions about the prophecies episode, but of course we weren't able to get to it then. And we also didn't even know, like, does she fit for this? We were thinking big picture, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is the glory of Vaults of the Obscure, because now we can be like micro, micro, micro. Exactly. And Momo's original question was, was Sylvia Brown a prophet? That's the question. Was she? That we will find out. Oh my gosh. So for everyone else out there, who is Sylvia Brown? Who is she? How is she? Where is she? Well, she's dead. Now we know where she is. One question answered. I don't know how she's dead. Like ashes or burial, but she's dead. Okay. She died. A little over a decade ago. (laughs) Almost a decade. Almost a decade ago. So it's fresh. And people are going to be very offended. Offended. Very offended by this episode. No, maybe. I don't know. Sylvia Brown was born Sylvia Celeste Shoemaker. Oh. I know. What an unfortunate last name. Bummer. She was born October 19th, 1936 in Kansas City, Missouri. It is believed she was born around 2 p.m. This was set in two places. So that's what we're, that's what we're going with. This makes her a Libra sun, Sagittarius moon, and Aquarius rising. Ooh, I don't know about this. I know this is like an interesting cocktail of a person, right? So this is to say Sylvia would become a very social person, one who enjoys groups but still craves that personal freedom with that Sagittarius moon. The Aquarius rising would mean for her to be a very unique person while open to new ideas, yet very, very stubborn when she wants something to go her way. So we're we're like, we're an individual. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've got ideas. I'm open to different ideas. And I'm open to the energies. But what I say goes, bitch. Ooh, this sounds like a mom in the 1980s. And she's Mm -hmm. got blue eyeshadow. Okay. Yes. And she's like, you're going to school. She's smoking a Marlboro. Oh, of course. You're going to school. I don't care if you're sick. Yes. I love that. Good. Good. We're setting the stage for her. I love it. Other notable planets. We've got her Mercury in Libra. Communication in Libra. Venus in Scorpio, which you will see. Venus in Scorpio for her, Mars in Virgo, and Jupiter in Sagittarius. Very interesting. When Sylvia was born, it's said that she came out of the womb with a call over her face and head. And so I had never heard this before. And I was like, what the fuck is this word? Call, C-A-U-L. And a call is also called a mermaid birth or a veiled birth. And this is when you come out of the womb still wrapped in the amniotic sac. (gasps) You're a little egg. You're like a little egg. This sacky thing comes out with you. This is supposed to be extremely rare with it happening in one in 80,000 births. Births in call. It's like cute. It's like N, like E-N, in call is how they say it, are supposed to be very magical actually might be something for us to look to in a future patreon episode because it had more things but i was like whatever it's magical it's spiritual we got it let's continue she's a very magical mermaid baby from birth from birth which not all can say that i can't say that i can't sylvia came from a quirky family which shaped her openness to new ideas at a young age her father held different jobs over the course of her childhood and they were all very very different 
Like he worked as a mailman for the post office, a jewelry salesperson, and even the vice president of a major freight line. And I don't know if that's major freight like trucks or major freight like trains Mm -hmm. or ships. Oh, major. I didn't even think about ships. We're moving things. And they didn't say what major it was, but they just said major freight line. So I'm like, it was important or he meant he was in a gang. I don't really know what that means, you know? Sylvia was raised as Catholic, but her mother was Episcopalian, and then her mother's mother was Lutheran, and this is Grandma Ada, and Grandma Ada comes back in a little bit, and Dad was supposedly Jewish, so we have all these things happening, Catholicism, Protestantism, Judaism, I don't know why they chose Catholic, maybe it was the neighborhood, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's like the best school. Maybe. And when Sylvia was three years old, she told her parents that she would have a sister that would be born in three years. And so this was her first prediction and ended up being true. At five years old, Sylvia began to foresee deaths and events that would frighten her. So grandmother Ada, you know, nice Lutheran grandmother Ada, reassured her that these visions were a natural gift and taught her psychic etiquette such as not babbling inappropriately that her dad was going to go out to see a girlfriend. (gasps) Keep it in. Keep it reined in. Not everyone wants to hear these things all the time. Oh, my gosh. It's like the proverbial no elbows on the table, like Mm -hmm. chew with your mouth closed. Like, we are keeping daddy's affair. Quiet. Yeah, we are trying to keep this family together. And apparently grandmother Ada also had some psychic abilities. So this wasn't weird to her. She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course it would be in the family. And Sylvia even said she had a great uncle who also had psychic abilities, and he was very, very interested in UFOs. <laughs> that was the fun fact on the Wikipedia. But very, very interested. Like, rabid interest, I think. They used the word <laughs> rabid. Isn't really? that crazy? Yes. I was like, what? Fucking freak for UFOs. Like, sure, whatever. When she was eight years old, Sylvia became clairvoyant and would have visions of her lifelong spirit guide, a South American entity named Francine, which is not a very South American name, I think. <laughs> but whatever, you know. She's eight. She's she's eight, and she's like absolutely conjuring some kind of abuela. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. She learned to tell people of their mission and their soul work, themes and patterns that appeared to her, but Sylvia was never able to see her own future. I remember this rule. Oh, you just, you can't know what happens to you? Well, I remember her talking about it whenever she'd appear on Oprah and shit. Yes, yes, yes. Despite feeling psychically linked since childhood, Sylvia would grow up, you know, stay in Catholic school and even become a Catholic teacher for 18 years. It is said that she would do readings for people during this time, including for the Catholic nuns at the school. They were like, pull a card for me, babe. Why don't you? Really? That's so funny. I hope so. I hope it's true. I have no idea if anything I'm saying is true. Oh, this, this is could like all be hearsay. From her book. Or yeah, like- <laughs> from, from her autobiographies. Yes. She married a police officer, well, you know, red flag number one, mm-hmm. named Gary Dufresne that she had met on a blind date in 1959 and had a son with him. Gary was eventually dismissed from the police force. It did not say for what reason. It did say dismissed. So I'm like, what does that mean? Asked to leave. Sir, you cannot watch over our streets any longer. Or like laid off. I don't know. Maybe it was, we can't afford you, sorry. No, yeah. I don't know. And he moved Sylvia and the child to Sunnyvale, California. Da-da-da! So that he could pursue his dream of becoming a fireman. 
much sexier than a police oh, officer. Yes. And they go down those poles. Exactly. So Sylvia is like, oh, I'm here for it, California. Here I come. Her second son with Gary was named Christopher Michael, and he was believed to carry Sylvia's psychic abilities. And later in life, Sylvia and Christopher would work together in the psychic field, and he would like help her on her books and stuff like that. Very cute. It's adorable. Yeah, they work together. And even though Gary was now a hot firefighter, Sylvia and Gary divorced in 1972. But don't worry. Sylvia had met another hot firefighter named <gasps> Dal Brown. And she married Dal in 1973. So that timeline's a little, a little close. Rat roll. That sounds like that fucking Scorpio Venus in there. Oh, oh. I know. She's all over the place. Apparently she was even engaged at 19 and she decided not to be with that guy. And she went off and she was with a guy who had like two kids and she didn't know that guy had two kids. And this Gary was the first real man she had been with. Oh, isn't that crazy? So now we're with Dal. And at this time, Sylvia takes the surname Brown, but there's no E at the end of it. It's B-R-O-W-N, like the color, because Dal's last name doesn't have an E at the end. Wait, but doesn't her name? Her name does. We will get there. Brace yourself. <laughs> I'm ready to hold on to something. She and Dal founded the Nirvana Foundation in San Jose. They borrowed $2,400 to begin the nonprofit corporation. And at the foundation, I just need $2,400 to make a company. That's it. I'm done. You can just ask Can you for imagine that? that? In the 70s, you could. Be like, hello, I'm a firefighter. I am a hot firefighter. <laughs> and, the woman, and the woman at the bank is like, yes, swoon. Yes. <laughs> ah. It's like, cha-ching, cha-ching. At the foundation, she and Francine, it said Francine, gave lectures and classes in psychic development, which I don't know how that worked. Like, is it just Francine is with me always? Or did she, like, fucking Sasha Fierce switch? Yeah, like she gets possessed. I don't know. Or does Francine have, like, a chair and mm. Sylvia Brown looks at it and she says, oh, Francine says... Is Francine actually a little doll that we're just projecting emotions onto? Is Francine <laughs> dead? Dead. Yes. A dead body. Oh no. Francine's her third son. <laughs> and, he, and he comes to. And he, he hangs out. By 1974, Sylvia opened her own office where she gave readings for a fee of $7.50. Oh, cheap. She gradually raised her fee to $15, then $30, and then by the 90s, up to $400. How this do you boil a frog? Work the system. Yes. She knew her worth. In 1986, Sylvia founded a spiritual organization called Society of Novus Spiritus. The website's still up, and it's very, like, Gravity Falls-esque. It even has, like, this little triangle thing in the corner. Oh, cool. And this is where Momo's original question comes in. Is Sylvia Brown a prophet? Because now she has a following. Yeah, now she's like making prophecies, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was going to say it doesn't look like Sylvia ever proclaimed to be a prophet, but I did find out she used the word prophecies in some of her book titles, to which I think at that point, if you're saying you're making prophecies, then aren't you considering yourself a prophet? I think so. I think that's how it has to work. You're like, you're not just making predictions. Yeah. I mean, anybody can make predictions. You can make predictions about, like, the Super Bowl or how the Olympics are going to go. But you're making a prophecy. Yeah. So she considered herself a prophet. And from the prophecies episode, we found out that a prophet is just anyone who uses divination to predict unforeseen events. And with her huge following of thousands of people, 
She's no Nostradamus, but she might be a prophet. But a lot of her very famous prophecies turned out to be false. So I think the real question might be, was she a psychic or a psychic scam artist? Oh, <laughs> we took a left turn. We're going. We're going. In 1988, Sylvia and Dal divorced. He was allegedly up to some kind of illegal dealings. And Sylvia was like, no, thank you, sir. She's like, my father sold drugs and freight. I'm not <laughs> letting my second husband do it. I know that life already. Super vague. But guess what? All secrets come out eventually. <gasps> and we'll find out about this one later. By 1990, the Nirvana Foundation had a staff of 14 people for classes and services. So we're like a small little company. We're like moving and grooving, you know? It seemed like the 90s were going to be a very good and productive period for Sylvia, right? Yes, she predicted it. Wrong. No! Dow's shady dealings came into the spotlight in 1992. Throughout the late 80s, the motherfucking CIA were investigating Sylvia and Dow's finances at Nirvana and Society of Nova Spiritus over several bank loans that caused sustained losses to banks. Wait, wait, so were they laundering money? I don't know exactly what that, it's like fraud. Oh, so okay. what they eventually came to is they got indicted for several charges of investment fraud and grand theft. Oh my gosh. Sylvia. Sylvia. I mean, you got to make it work in this economy. In the 90s economy? 80s economy? I think that was the really good time. Oh, well, it was a really good time to pull a scam. I'm sure Dow was like, well, everybody's doing it. I'm just a hot firefighter. Have How could I be in charge? You just got to trust me. Yeah, trust me. The Superior Court of Santa Clara County found Sylvia and her ex-husband had sold securities in a gold mining venture under false pretenses. Which, random. This is random. What? Who still gold mines? I don't know. I guess they're in California. Yeah, but I didn't know it was that easy. In at least one instance, they told the couple that their $20,000 investment was to be used for immediate operating costs. Instead, the money was transferred to an account for their Nirvana Foundation for Psychic Research. So we're telling you the money's going to be used for one thing, but we're actually going to funnel it into something else. Sylvia pleaded no contest to securities fraud and was indicted on grand larceny on May 26, 1992. She and Dal each received one year of probation and Sylvia was sentenced to over 200 hours of community service. So what do you do as a fucking 56-year-old woman who has now been nationally embarrassed for fraud? You step your pussy up. Oh, absolutely. Put on those shoes. Hell yes. Or you marry your student, change your name to Brown with an E at the end, and continue building your empire. Yeah, she married her student. It's fine. What? He was of age. It's fine. Okay, okay. He, But, you know, she met him six years prior, something like that. But when the time is right, like coming out of a court battle... <laughs> It's time to marry your student. Who cares? Sylvia was able to turn the 90s around and into the 2000s. This bitch became famous. Absolutely. She was everywhere. Everywhere. She would become a household name by making appearances on Larry King Live, the Montel Williams show, and even Coast to Coast AM. She's hopping on that radio program like, hi. Just taking callers, being like, oh, let me tell you your future. Let me help you with the problem you're going through right now. Like, that was her fucking jam. I love this idea of... You've got Sylvia Brown, and then you've got, call me now. Call like, me now. Fucking Miss it, Cleo, yes, yeah. Like, at the same time, just, like, this beautiful umbrella arc of, like... So I was thinking about it, mm -hmm. and it's, like, around this time was also, like, the height of the supermodel. Mm -hmm. And now it's also the height of the psychic. 
So it just seems like a really good time for a lot of women to be breaking in, doing very like specific niche things. Yeah, yeah. Just very interested with it all. How does it all connect? What does it mean? And what did it say about like the culture we were in of like, this is what I want to consume. Exactly. I must consume these women. Women having more rights. I need more role models. Who am I going to look to? We're recently divorced. I got to figure this shit out. Sylvia wrote many books about the psychic arts and of her journey of being a clairvoyant. And these books were like even number ones on the New York Times bestseller list. Like multiple books. From 1990 to 2011, bitch wrote 44 books. That is, hold on, like two books a year. Bitch was busy. I can't even write in my diary consistently. (laughs) What? She's just like, beep, 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 beep. I don't know how big these books are, but even if you're popping out like 200 pages per book, like that's still really good. Yeah, my God. She even hosted her own hour-long online radio show where she performed readings and discussed paranormal issues. So she was doing before podcasts were doing podcasts. That's amazing. She's just like streaming on the internet. Go to my website. She's like, I see the future. I see the future. And this is the moment we've been waiting for. What were her best and worst predictions? Any predictions about me? No. No. That's the thing. I don't want to hear them. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. In Sylvia's 2008 book, End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies about the End of the World, which, what a title. <laughs> this is very final. This is a New York Times bestseller right here. She writes, In around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived, attack again 10 years later, and then disappear completely. So she half predicted COVID. Yeah, I'm not excited for it coming back. In 10 years. I don't need this sequel. No, we don't need that. But I do have to say, because a lot of people were like, no, she didn't predict COVID, blah, blah, blah. One, they're party poopers and they should like chill the fuck down, you know? But also in terms of like history, if what is this last like almost two years, mm-hmm. it's kind of a blip. That's a short amount of time. It is. Yeah. It's and not it, like smallpox. Yeah. And if it were suddenly like three months from now, not saying it's going to happen because I'm not a psychic. If it were just gone, gone, mm-hmm. that would be kind of abrupt. Yeah. When you're looking more macro. Micro, it's like, no, fucking three months is a long time. Not playing this game. Well, yeah, I mean, what normal plagues, like the bubonic plague was around for like a decade and like kind of waned and then waxed again and waned. And like a lot of, what was it? The um, polio Mm -hmm. was again around for a really long time. Yeah. So I'll give her like half a point, I think, for that one. Boop. Half a point accuracy. And then the Aztec calendar, she was like, I think they just ran out of ink. (laughs) It's in stone. It's in stone. (laughs) She said ink. I'm just saying what she said. And that December 21st, 2012 prophet Steve was like, nothing to be worried about. So that was right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So she got 1.5 predictions right so far. Like, that's great. But let's get to the bad predictions, because I know that's what we're here for. We want the gossip. And I got it. I got it for us. Sylvia, dear, sweet, 50, 60-year-old Sylvia, had a real tendency Of getting involved in cases of missing children. She did not. Which is probably, like, not kosher. It's not. That is so unethical. People are missing their children. Oh, it's only going to get worse from here. You ready? Oh, no. 
One example was with Amanda Berry. Amanda went missing in 2003. In 2004, Sylvia told Amanda's mom, she's not alive, honey. Amanda's mom! Amanda's mom! She's like, I have to keep going. <laughs> like Sylvia claimed that Amanda was in water and that she had a vision of Amanda's jacket in the garbage with DNA on it. Two years later, Amanda's mom passed away, believing her child was dead. But Amanda wasn't dead. She wasn't living a good life. She's not over in California hanging out. She was like actually really kidnapped and was one of the kidnapping victims of Ariel Castro back in Ohio, who repeatedly beat and raped her. She even had a daughter while being held captive. But in May 2013, Amanda and her six-year-old daughter escaped and were able to contact police. Oh, my God. So that's that whole, like, room film, you know? Yes. With uh, Brie Larson. When Sylvia was called out by the media for falsely predicting Amanda's death, Sylvia sent out a statement saying, Only God is right all the time. I mean, Amanda's mom's dead, so she's not seeing this yeah, now. Yeah, but she died being like, I'm going to return to my daughter. But also, like, it didn't say specifically, but it's like, did that impact the search at all? I like, once the mom is like, you're right, she's dead. There's no way. Like, why are we even trying to look for her? She's gone. Ugh. You know, I don't know what, like, that little domino effect could have had, like, such a bigger cause to make people not look for her anymore. With missing children, people tend to look a lot longer. But, like, after a case goes cold, and if someone isn't, like, my daughter is alive and I know it, and I'm going to keep looking until I find her, like, police are like, little kids go missing every day. I got to look for these other kids. Yeah. Like, these newer yes. missing kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Another example was with 11-year-old Sean Hornbeck. When Sean went missing, Sylvia told the parents that Sean had been kidnapped by a dark-skinned man with dreadlocks and that Sean had died. Five years later, Sean was found alive and his captor was a Caucasian man with short hair. Yeah, okay, racist. My so not goodness. only were we, yeah, not only were we wrong, we just like threw out some kind of discrimination in the process anyway. And it was just like, you know, the normal villain of a white Caucasian man, you know? Yeah. It's like, classic with short hair you can always tell when a victim is like lying it's not necessarily a victim but the, this comes up a lot in like cop dramas and like true crime documentaries where like the mom is the one that's actually kidnapped her kids or like has killed her kids and they always use the thing that's like the scraggly drifter yeah where it's like it's this anonymous person they inhabit all of these roles that's like they're black they're scraggly they're homeless yeah and it's like Oftentimes, these are the people that are the victims of violence, actually, yeah. and not the perpetrators of violence. I feel that. All right, Sylv. All right, Sylv. Striking out hard. And what made it worse was these are so big. Like, yeah. these are big national cases, and you're coming in with an opinion, not even an opinion, a prediction, and then your prediction is wrong. Yeah. Oh, it, like, makes me cringe on the inside. It's, like, so bad. Also, that they're dead. Yeah. It's different when it's like, no, she's alive and I feel it. That's like hope. It's like, no, your kid's dead and you should stop looking. I wonder if that's like, maybe it's like it's better to just rip the band-aid now than, but I don't know. I think that's still shady as fuck. It's weird. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's unethical. Sylvia got involved with so many large predictions that people wanted to know the validity of what she was predicting. In March 2010, the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, which I can't believe that's a thing, published an article that studied 115 of Sylvia's predictions relating to criminal cases. They found 25 to be completely wrong, and the remaining cases had no available details or remained unsolved, 
which was actually really frustrating for the committee because there was no way to prove if Sylvia was making accurate predictions or not because they didn't have enough data. And you know what? And I bet they didn't have that data because people stopped looking Mm -hmm. for these children. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, they're like, no, we're skeptics. Not all of Sylvia's claims were big and criminal. Here are some of the other predictions she made. She said that David Letterman decides to call it quits from his nightly late show after the year 2000. That was false. She said American troops will be pulled out of Iraq by June or July 2004. Yeah, I fucking wish. That was very, very (laughs) false. She said Julia Roberts will divorce her husband, Daniel Motor. So I had to do some research on this one. Julia Roberts and Daniel Motor got married in 2002. Sylvia made this prediction in 2004. Julia and Daniel are still married today. So even if they get divorced, it's like, well, yeah, who the fuck cares? They were married for so long. Yeah, yeah. And the best prediction Sylvia ever made was, I am going to die at the age of 88. Sylvia actually died at the age of 77 on November 20th, 2013 in San Jose, California. Just a little, just a hair short. Just like, what, 11 years? She was close. And despite her notable false claims, by 2007, Sylvia had a four-year waiting list for her readings, like psychic readings on the phone. And she's getting paid probably so much more than $400. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Oh, my gosh. So that's Sylvia Brown. So is she psychic, prophet, scam artist? Like, who is this bitch? I Honestly, Sylvia Brown is still a mystery. Yeah. Because, like, so much of it is either concealed or, like, kind of misdirected around like what is potentially an entirely false origin story yeah but like when you were telling me about the story I was like oh that makes so much sense what a beautiful oh it's hereditary wow and then they're like you know funneling money into different places and you're like "Mm." but is that malicious or were you just stupidly doing it you know yeah you're a firefighter you're not that smart you're not that smart you're just big yeah She was a Catholic teacher and then a psychic. Like, how smart can she be? Yeah. Intuitive? Probably. You can probably vibe off of someone and give them the information that they need or whatever Mm -hmm. prediction or hope or lack of hope they need to continue on with their lives. But she ain't an accountant. Yeah. So I don't know. She needed an accountant and maybe more lawyers. Yeah. Should she have gotten involved with missing children? Probably not. Probably not. So, Momo, what do you think? And here she is. Come on in, girl. (laughs) He's like, I have been held in this apartment. (laughs) It is so hot in here. Very warm. (laughs) These French doors are insulated. And I guess that means this has been Vaults of the Obscure. Ooh, didn't see that coming. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) goof.